Hey, welcome everyone to Church Online. For those of you that I've never met before, my name is Aaron Jane, and I have the privilege of being the pastor here at Coastline Church. And we're so glad that you chose to be with us this weekend. This is our Connect Weekend, where we're asking everybody in our church family to find a place to get connected in one of our small groups. We've got groups for men, groups for women, activity-based groups, service-based groups, marriage groups, groups for just about every variety you can imagine. We'd love to help you find the group that is right for you. You can go to our website or get a hold of somebody on our team. We'd love to help you get connected this week. And as well as at the end of this month, Many of you know we're beginning a brand new midweek study on the book of James. Every Wednesday night, starting this uh, September 30th, we're going to go through the book of James as a church family. James is wisdom literature for the New Testament. It is the book of Proverbs in the New Testament. So we're going to be teaching what does a life look like that the gospel has gotten a hold of your heart, and how does that practically outwork in every area of your life, from your relationships to your work life to your relationship with God, what does it look like? James gives us so much insight and wisdom uh, on the Christian life under the New Covenant, under the New Testament. And so I'm looking forward to beginning this journey with you. Well, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we are in a series called I Have Decided. And we're talking about some of the most important decisions of our life. If you missed any of the previous weeks, you can go online uh, to our on-demand area on YouTube or our website, our church app, and watch any of the previous messages because these are very critical life decisions that all of us should make. And I'm giving you the big ones. Week one, we looked at the most important decision of our life, and that's how do we get closer to God? How do we grow in our faith? How do we make it? the best year of our life, spiritually. Last week, we looked at a very important decision, and it's the decision to discover what on earth am I here for? What is my life purpose? Why did God make me? Why did God create me? Why am I here? Because purpose gives you clarity. It gives you focus. It gives you drive. It gives you determination. It is critical to life. Today, we're going to go into the next But I believe most important decision of our life, and it is all about our relationships. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is to have the right relationships and stay away from the wrong relationships. Because all of us today are a sum total of our relationships. All of us, good or bad, are who we are because of relationships in our life. Relationships shape us, they form us, they mold us, they, they, they impact the way we think, they impact our values, our priorities, the way we live our life. Good or bad, relationships make us who we are today. And that's also the danger, because all of us have had bad relationships in our life. We've had people we were friends with, people we were family with, people we were uh, in close relationship with, and the relationship went sour. It turned bad, and it hurt us. It, it damaged us in ways, and, and for some of us, in ways that many of us didn't even realize until years later. Relationships are critical. And again, when we've had bad relationships, what it does is it 
leads us to a place where we don't want to have a relationship with anyone, where we become isolated. We, we begin to live on an island. Remember the old, I think it was Simon and Garfunkel song, I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. If I never loved, I never would have cried. I am a rock. I am an island. And yet so many people live that way because of bad relationships from their past. So what I want to do is we're looking at one of the most important decisions of our life relationship. I want to start by cluing you in to what has been happening in 2020. What's been happening the last six months with COVID-19? And, and the, way, the way I say it is this is the enemy's COVID-19 strategy. You need to know that we have a very real enemy. The Bible says that, that he roams around like a, like, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's got a strategy for your life to destroy you. He's got a strategy for our nation. He's got a strategy for our church. And I want to show you his COVID-19 strategy. James chapter 1, verse 1, I think, says it best. Here's what James says. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes, and here's the word, scattered among the nations. To the 12 tribes scattered among the the nations, the enemy's plan during this season is to scatter us relationally. His whole goal was to break us apart relationally. You know, beginning of the year, our church met physically on a regular basis. We met every weekend, hundreds of people. We met in small groups throughout our community by the Dozens, and yet throughout this year, through COVID-19, many people have been scattered. This is also one of the reasons why this fall we're going to go through the book of James. I believe James is timely for a number of reasons. It was written to a group of people that were scattered. So we're going we're gonna to teach through it because we're in a season of time where Satan's strategy for all of us was to scatter us relationally, to isolate us relationally, to get us all alone where he could weaken the church. So my goal today with this message is to convince you that you need the right relationships in your life. Let me first deal with excuses, because all of us have excuses for why we don't have time to have the right relationships. We don't have time to be a part of a small group. I don't have a time for, you know, the right friendships in my life. Let me expose the excuses for a moment. The first one, and if you've downloaded the notes, the first one is what I call the Superman syndrome. Uh, and this is especially true for men, but, but women also. It's the Superman syndrome. Superman doesn't need anybody. I am a one-man show. I'm all by myself. I can take care of this on my own. Reminds me of a story of Muhammad Ali. Years ago, Muhammad Ali, the great boxer, the great champion, was on an airplane. He was flying. And before the flight took off, the flight attendant came around and they came to Mr. Ali, Muhammad Ali, and she said to him, Mr. Ali, you have to put your seatbelt on before we can take off. Well, Muhammad Ali and his cocky swag says back to the flight attendant, Superman doesn't need no seatbelt. Well, without missing a beat, the flight attendant looked back to him and said, yeah, and Superman doesn't need no plane, 
put your seatbelt on, Mr. Ali. It's a Superman syndrome. Can I tell you, you weren't created to do life on your own. God actually, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he designed Christianity where it only works in connection with other people. You were called to be a part of the body, not, not to be isolated or on your own. So the Superman syndrome. The second one is what I call introvert challenges. If you know anyone who is an introvert, there are some challenges to being an introvert. Introverts do not like being in a crowded room full of people they do not know. They don't want to talk to people they do not know. And I know this really well because my wife is a self-proclaimed introvert. And so for her, uh, like, like for me, you throw me into a crowded room of people, and I love to talk to people. I love to meet people, talk to people, get to know people. That's not my wife. She's got some challenges with that. That's just not her thing. She's not, she doesn't have the personality that God has given me. And so sometimes introverts look at their life and they're like, well, I don't want to be a part of a small group. I don't want any more friends. I don't want any more relationships in my life. I kind of got things where I want them. But yet we all understand one of the things my wife has, has really come to understand as she's grown in her faith, you know, from you know, her whole life is that she is introverted as it may be. She still needs other people to fulfill her purpose, to fulfill her calling on her life. Another one, and a big one, is what I call past experiences. Uh, so many of us have had relationships in the past that have fallen apart. We've had, been in situations where we've been hurt. People have hurt us. They've uh, uh, you know, broken our heart. We've been wounded. We've been betrayed, and as a result of past experiences, we just made a decision. I'm not doing that again. I've learned my lesson. I don't want to open my heart. I don't want to put myself in a position where I can be hurt again. You know, one of the things that I want to say about that is you got, don't be short-sighted. Satan's plan in your life wasn't to destroy that one isolated relationship like, you think that relationship falling apart was just about you and that other person. No, 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 no. The devil had a much bigger plan for you. You see, his goal was to make that relationship hurt so bad that you built walls around your heart where you didn't want to have relationships with anybody else again. Again, you need to know what he's up to. It wasn't just about that relationship. He was trying, he wasn't just trying to hurt that moment he was trying to destroy your future because he knows how badly all of us need the right relationships in our life. And then here's, here's the last one, and this one is prevalent in North County. It's what I call busy schedules. I don't have time. I just don't have time. I'm busy. There's too much going on in my life. I don't have time for a small group. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for, you know, the right friendships in my life. I've got too much going on at work. Life is too busy. The kids, homeschool, uh, Zoom, everything's going on. I don't have time. Well, you know, one of the things that I had hoped for with COVID-19 is as horrible as this season has been, is it was a chance for many of us to slow down a little bit, to spend some more time at home, to spend some more time with our family. But you know what kind of happened as COVID-19 drug on and on and on? It's, it's, to me, it's kind of like the cell phone. The cell phone, the smartphone, was designed to make our life more efficient. 
The smartphone was designed so that, that, that we could spend more time doing the things that we enjoyed, spend more time with our family, be more efficient with work and responsibilities. But if anyone of you have ever had a smartphone, you understand the smartphone didn't create more time in your life. It took time. Because what the smartphone did for all of us is made us on demand 24 hours a day. And so instead of making our life more efficient, it's like the smartphone, the iPhone, the the tablet just made our life busier. Well, that's what's happened with COVID-19. You know, we, we thought, okay, being at home, we'd slow down a little bit. We'd have a little bit more time to ourselves, a little bit more time to get these projects done. But what we discovered is we could actually do more work from home because we're not fighting rush hour traffic, sitting in a commute. And with the power of Zoom, we could be working 12 hours a day right from our bedroom. And what we've seen is now for many people, they're busier than they've ever been right in the middle of this season of COVID-19. They're Zoomed out of their mind. Their schedule's just overwhelming. But let me say this. I think all of us understand that We know if certain things were in our schedule, if we could find the time, if we could manage things well enough to allow certain things into our weekly schedule, we know that our life would be better. Our faith would be better. Our health would be better. We know if we could could get these, like working out and exercise, I know if I can fit that into my time every single day, my body's going to be healthier yet so many of us get so busy that we don't make time to do the things that matter most can i tell you being a part of a small group having those healthy friendships being in the right christian community is something that i think all of us know would make our life so much better but yet satan has made us so busy we've made ourselves so busy that we haven't had the time for it. And I'm challenging you, this is a time to make the right decisions. Because here's the problem. The Bible describes what happens when you live life without the right relationships. Ecclesiastes 4.8. King Solomon puts it like this. There was a man all alone. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. He didn't have the right relationships in his life. He, he, he didn't have meaningful... And look what happened to him. There was no end to his toil there was no end to his toil and yet his eyes were not content with his wealth can i tell you when you don't have anything to share it with life is empty it doesn't matter how much you make how much you earn how much you have when you don't have the right relationships meaningful relationships people to enjoy your life with nothing will ever be enough we were designed by god for relationships. So we've titled this series, I Have Decided, because we're making some decisions. We're making some decisions where we're not going to let life decide for us. We're going to be intentional. We're going to be strategic. We're going we're to, on purpose, make some decisions to manage our life for Christ. So I'm going to give you four relationship decisions that I want to encourage all of you to implement into your life. And here's the thing. Every single one of you has one of these that is your thing right now. One of these that is going to that, that that's going to stand out more some of you may have two, three, some of you may have all four. 
But everybody listening to me has one of these that you need to work on, you need to improve, you need to develop. Here's number one in your notes. The first decision, to nurture my important relationships. I've got to nurture my important relationships. You've got some relationships in your life that are critical. I've got relationships. I am a husband. I am a father. Those are two very big relationships in my life that are critical. And I, I can't just let them sit. I've got to nurture them. I've got to develop them. I've got to put effort into those relationships. Because if you leave it alone, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. If you don't work on it, if you don't develop it, it's not going to improve. Here's the truth. Every great relationship in your life happens on purpose. Every great relationship. Nobody accidentally winds up in a great marriage. If you want a great marriage, you've got to put effort into that relationship. When the Bible talks about relationships, it uses the analogy of a body. So the way the body works is the body parts are connected to each other so that they're in relationship with each other. My hand is in relationship to the arm. It's connected. And when it's in relationship to the arm, both flourish and accomplish what they were intended to accomplish. That's the way God looks at us. In Colossians 2.19, it says, For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. See, here's the principle. The body has to be nourished. Relationships have to be. If you want it to grow, it has to be nourished. Physically, we can call it diet and exercise. If you diet and you exercise, your body is nourished. And the more you take care of something, the longer you get to enjoy it. So why don't you make some decisions during this season? Some of you need to nourish your marriage. Your marriage may not be bad, may not be falling apart, may not be in some critical stage of, of life support. Why don't you make a decision before you have marriage trouble to nourish it? Why don't you make some decisions that before you need marriage counseling, you do some preventative maintenance? You, you start working on it. This is something that my wife and I have been doing a lot during this COVID-19 season. We realize that we've got a good marriage, but it could be so much better. And so we've decided, why, why should we wait until there's a problem? Why should we wait until something's falling apart in our marriage? Why not be proactive and take some steps to improve our marriage, to work on our marriage, to nourish our marriage before we need it so that we don't have to need it? That's the key. Take some preventative steps. Why don't you pre-decide that before you have marriage issues, you decide to work on it in advance. Nurture the important relationships in your life. You can do this with your children. You can do this with your small group. You can do this with the important people in your life. Here's number two. That's a big one. To restore my broken relationships. So number one is nurture the meaningful relationships. Number two is restore my broken relationships. Can I tell you the, the pain of unresolved 
conflict is greater than the pain it takes to resolve it. See, the truth is to resolve the situation, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's never fun digging through the, the issue to find healing. But the pain of living in an unresolved state is always greater than the pain it takes to bring reconciliation, to restore that relationship in your life. So what I want to urge you to do is I want you to do your part. You can't control them. You can't decide for them what they're going to do with this relationship. All you can handle is your part. Paul says in Romans 12, verse 17 and 18, never pay back evil with more evil. So they may be evil to you. Don't pay them back with evil just because they've given you evil. Instead, do all that you can. You can't control what they do, but you can control what you do. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Why don't you decide that I'm just going to forgive people? Why don't you make a decision in advance that, you know what, I just decide in my life I'm not going to hold grudges. I don't have the energy. I don't have the extra space. I'm just, I'm not going to hold grudges in my life. And you may say, well, it's not that easy. Honestly, it is that easy. You just make a decision. You just, and if you make the decision in advance, it's so much easier to just decide, you know what, there are people out there that are going to hurt me today. You know, I'm going to get in my car and someone's going to cut me off on the road and, and just be an absolute jerk about it. I know that when I wake up in the morning. So why don't I decide when that actually happens and I'm driving to work or wherever I'm going and, and, and somebody cuts me. Why don't I decide in advance just to forgive them, not get angry, not let it affect my entire day, but just decide in advance I'm not going to hold a grudge against anyone, especially somebody I don't know. I heard a story about a woman at her 50th wedding anniversary. 50 years, they had a great marriage. And somebody asked her, what was the key to 50 incredible years of marriage? She says, you know, when we first got married, I just made a list of the 10 things that bothered me most that my spouse did. Just the 10 things that, that, that I just, I, you know, just bothered me most. And I just made a list that anytime he did one of those 10 things, I would just forgive him. I just decided in advance I would forgive him. And then one of the grandchildren asked her, well, well, Grandma, what was on the list? And she said, you know, I never got around to making the list. Every time he did something that bothered me, I just said to myself, lucky for him, that was on the list. Imagine living with that attitude. Imagine going through life just, just saying, well, lucky for them, that was on the list. Lucky for them, I've just decided I'm not going to carry grudges. I've just decided I'm going to forgive in advance. I just decided people are going to hurt me. It's not worth getting upset over. Here's number three. Sever any harmful relationships. Make a decision to sever, to cut off, to get rid of any harmful relationships in your life. What do I mean? Some of you know what I mean. You've got a relationship at work, a co-worker, a colleague, and you know that it's, 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 it's too flirtatious. You're getting very close to crossing a line that you're going to regret that's going to hurt a lot of people. Cut it off now. Stop it now. J just cut it off. Some of you are living with somebody that you're not married to. 
and your heart is bothered by it. Like God doesn't even need to tell you it's wrong. Your heart knows it's wrong and you've been troubled by it. Move out. Cut it off. I know it's difficult. I know it's challenging. But I promise you this. God will provide a way if you do the right thing. Some of you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, a relationship, and it's not healthy. It's not the person that God has for you. And I'm talking about a spouse. Don't, don't, don't hear something I'm not saying, but I'm talking about a boyfriend, girlfriend, and you know it's not the best relationship for your life. You know it's not healthy. You know they're bringing you down. Cut it off. Like, like if you have to, right now, wherever you're at, just get out your phone and text them and say, it's over. This is not what's best for you, and it's not what's best for me. And God has something so much better, so we've got to cut it off and walk away. Proverbs 27, verse 19 says this, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. You know, there's nothing more true than that. You show me your friends... I'll show you your future. Every teenager needs to learn this proverb. Every adult, some of you got friends at work that you're way too close to, and they're pulling you down. And yes, you've got to work with them, and you can't necessarily quit your job and, and not have any association with them, but you've allowed a friendship to form with someone that is pulling you down. They're influencing you the wrong way. Proverbs 13, 22 goes on to say like this, He who walks with the wise grows wise. So when you invest in the right relationships in your life, it's a great benefit. But a companion of fools suffer harm. You get the wrong friends in your life, it's going to hurt you. It's going to leave you with scars. It's going to leave you with wounds. It's going to leave you with all kinds of trouble. And honestly, as a pastor, this is one of the key reasons why we want you in a small group. We want you to find the right Christian friends in your life that'll be a positive influence. That'll be the influence you need to become everything God created you to become. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians six fourteen: Do not be yoked together. Yoked. That, that, that's, that, that's kind of a soul friendship. It's not working together with somebody. You know, like you have colleagues and co-workers that you, you partner with at work. That's not the same thing as being yoked. Yoked is when you develop a soul friendship with a person. Don't be yoked with unbelievers. Don't, don't yoke yourself to someone that is not going to build you up in the faith. It goes on to say, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And the obvious answer is it can't. It can't. So I'm going to say right now, especially young people, if you're a teenager and you're listening to me right now, heed my advice. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Don't, don't, don't hang out with the wrong people because they will always take you down the wrong path. They will pull you down faster than you can lift them up. And then here's the last uh, and really one of the greatest action steps you can take today. Number four, to initiate some meaningful relationships. Some of you need to begin. You need to start. You need to initiate the right relationships. Meaningful rela relationships that are going to add value and life. To, and you don't have these right now, 
and you desperately need them in your life. And, and here's why. Hebrews 10, verse 25. The Bible says this, Let us not neglect our meeting together. And again, the devil's strategy during COVID-19 was to get you to neglect meeting together, to get you scattered. His whole plan was to scatter you. His whole plan was you to neglect meeting together. That's why the Bible says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. So this is what I'm doing is I'm encouraging you, especially now, now that the day, capital D day, of his return is drawing near. It's talking about judgment day. Can I tell you, whether we are the end time generation or not, this is still our last generation. But what I will say about our generation, we are the first generation in the history of the world. All of the generations have had end time signs. When you look at the signs of what the end times are going to look like in the Bible, every generation had signs. We are the first generation in history that have had all of the signs. So the truth is, this could be it. Like It could happen in our lifetime. Biblically speaking, everything that needs to happen has happened for it to take place in our lifetime. But either way, it's still our end time because we're not going to get another time than this. So let us not neglect meeting together. But let's meet together. So we need to initiate meaningful relationships. Let me give you three of them that are critical. The first one is your relationship with the church. You need a relationship with a church, and it doesn't have to be this church, but it needs to be a church. You need, God created you to be a part of a church family. Now, this is not attending a church. There, there's a big difference from having a relationship with a church where you're a part of the church. You're, you are the church than there is attending a church. Like you can attend the gym uh, on a regular basis and not have a relationship in the sense of not being an owner of the gym. What we're inviting you to be is a co-owner. Take ownership in our church family. Be a part of the church. And if it's not this church, let us help you find one. Because every single one of us were created to have a meaningful relationship with a church family that is our, not the universal church, like because it's easy to say, no, I'm part of the church, you know, the, the big church in the sky. No, no, no. God created you to be a part of a body, an individual body. And there are a lot of bodies. We have credible church bodies all throughout North County. God called you to be placed into a body, which means connected to other people in relationship with other people. Second relationship is you need a relationship with a small group. You need to have a small group of Christian friends in your life. And that's why this is Connect Weekend. I want to encourage you to go to our website, go to our app, connect. Find a group of people that you connect with. If you want to connect with a group of men or connect with a group of married couples or connect with a group of women or connect with a group of people that love to surf or connect with a group of people that want to study the book of James with us. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you connect to the right group, a group where you can have meaningful relationships that grow. Can, can I encourage you? Don't let the devil's plan win during this season. He wants you scattered. 
He wants you isolated. Join us this weekend and connect. Find a group to belong to. Find a a community of Christians that will pray for you, that will care for you, that will encourage you. People where you can encourage. You can pray for other people in your group and be a support to them. And then finally, and most important, a relationship with God. If you're listening to me and you don't have a relationship with God, the most meaningful relationship that you can begin is a relationship with God. This is what we talked a lot about week one. The most important one is get closer to God. Build a stronger relationship with God. He has made himself available to you. In fact, God loved you so much that he couldn't bear the thought of being separated from you for all of eternity that he actually sent his son who he loved with all of his heart to die a very painful death in payment of all of your sins so that your sin wouldn't separate you from him you see here's the thing god is holy god is holy god is perfect and if you have sin in your life What that means is you can't have a relationship with God because a holy, perfect God cannot have relationship with a person who is tainted by sin. So we had the sin problem in our life. This sin kept me, kept you from having a relationship with God. Even though he loved us, because he's holy, he could not have a relationship with me because of my sin. So I had to find a solution. I had to find a way to deal with the sin in my life. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. There was nothing I could do in my own ability. But God figured it out for me. And he sent his son to die on a cross. And when Jesus hung on that cross, the Bible says he took all of your sin and all of my sin upon himself on that cross. And when he died, he became payment for that sin. So that sin, for those of us that have received God's forgiveness and asked him for forgiveness, that sin was removed from my life. The Bible says that the sin was taken off of my life as far as the east is from the west, that God has forgiven and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And what that means is there's no sin issue in my life anymore preventing me from having a relationship with God. I now have open access to to God because the sin has been removed through what Jesus did on the cross. And that's why we'll tell you there's only one way to the Father, and that's Jesus Christ the Son. It'll never be religion that gets you to God because through religion, you can't pay for your own sin. You'll never be good enough. You'll never work hard enough. You'll never follow the rules well enough to deal with your own sin. The only way to deal with sin is what Jesus did on your behalf. And the only way to receive that is by grace. By simply asking Jesus for forgiveness, saying, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and you died for me. Forgive me of my sin. And the Bible says when you do that, he gladly forgives you and welcomes you to be a part of his family so that you can begin a meaningful relationship with his Father. So as we end this weekend, let me just ask, if you've never done that before, if you've never dealt with your son's sin issue, you've got sin 
And it's, and, and it's preventing you from having a relationship with the Holy God because the Holy God can't have a relationship with you if there's, if there's sin blocking it. I want to invite you to give that sin to Jesus right now and receive his forgiveness and let Jesus remove the sin from your life once and for all. And it's, it's past, present, and future. So yes, I may make mistakes tomorrow, but the mistake I make tomorrow, that sin has already been removed. As soon as I received the grace of God, as soon as I received what Jesus did for me, that sin was removed, past, present, and future. So that the rest of my life and forever, I can have a relationship with God. If you've never done that before, the Bible's very clear. All it takes is that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible says you are saved. Saved from your sin. Saved from being separated from God. Saved from hell. Meaning you can initiate an incredible relationship with God. So if you've never done that before, let's pray right now. Just just wherever you're at, just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross to pay for all of my sin. I ask you now, forgive me for all of my sin, past, present, and future. Thank you for your grace. I invite you to be my Lord. Thank you for becoming my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me encourage you, if you prayed that with me for the very first time, and you just began a relationship with God, the Bible says you are born again. You are now a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I'd love to pray for you personally. I'd love to know about it. Will you email me at Aaron at CoastlineChurch.org? Aaron at CoastlineChurch.org. I would love to know that you made that decision I'd love to pray with you personally, and I'd love to help you start this amazing journey following Christ. Again, this is Connect Weekend. If you don't have a small group to connect to, we would love you to be connected to our church family. Our church meets in groups every week. That's the real lifeblood of our church. Go to our website, Go to our app, email me, email somebody on our team. We would love to help you get connected to the right group so that you can develop the right relationships in your life and live out the Christian life as God created all of us to live it out. Have a great week, everyone. Be praying for you. One of the most amazing things that I've done in my walk with Christ is allow for him to bring some godly men into my life to know me and to love me. And I know this may seem kind of minuscule or small to some of you, but last year was really impactful when they actually, you know, took me out for my birthday. We went and got some wings and we just had a good time. And I say, I, and I share this story because this was the first time in at least seven or eight years that I had some friends that wanted to do something for me on my birthday to celebrate my existence. I mean, that, you know, I could get choked up thinking about it now. It was a simple gesture, but that 
that is just scratching the surface of what we've been able to walk through as men together. And it has completely changed how I look at my relationship, not only with my family, but my relationship with God and just doing life with these brothers has been amazing. So I encourage everyone right now, listen, head over to the Coastline Church website, pull out the mobile app, find some people. Your tribe is there. There are people there waiting to connect, to know you and to love on you. So don't miss out on what could be, I mean, it could be a game changer for you. It really could. Listen, if you just gave your life to Christ, I want you to know that we are celebrating you right now, friend. And we have a team of people right now ready to connect with you. So let us know who you are in the comments or the chats and say, hey, I just made a decision for Christ. And a team of people will help you get connected right here at Coastline so you can take your next steps in your faith. If this message challenged you, you know, I'm going to say it good. I love when we are challenged because in that wrestle, in that challenge, that is where we grow. And I think healthy things grow. And so don't be afraid of that. Take this word to your prayer closet, to wherever it is you pray, and let God do something with it in your life so you can start living it out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth. And then you can start sharing that freedom and that revelation with the people that you do life with. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you again next Sunday at 10. Don't forget to bring a friend. Holla.